box tonight, you are making a difference that's going to impact the world. So I hope that you can be a part of that. Now as we begin our service, we are excited always to begin with baptism. And uh, we have a couple candidates that were able to do a video. A couple could not do the video, but if you would watch these two testimonies uh, before we baptize. Hey, my name is Isaac Brett, and I'm 16 years old, and I believe that Jesus died on the cross to wash my sins away, and I place my faith in him. Hi, my name is Lainey Goforth, and I am 21 years old. Um, I grew up here at East Hillsville Baptist Church, and I was saved when I was about eight years old. Um, but I'm just here today to kind of rededicate my life. Um, I just want a fresh start. I want all my sins in the past to be able to just, just wash them away and get a fresh start. Um, because I started experiencing doubt in my faith um, in about 2019 when my dad passed away. And then I had to move to college, and I never felt more alone. And that's when I started experiencing true, like, depression and anxiety. And I didn't know how to heal. I didn't know how to be okay. I felt lost. I started questioning why God would let all these bad things happen to me and go through all of this. And I started trying to heal through temporary things, whether that was people, friends, or going places. I just tried to heal through anything but God. Through these temporary things, you know, they're temporary. And when they went away, I would be back at square one and be questioning God again. Like, oh, I was so happy. Why did you take that person away? Or why am I not feeling fulfilled by going out with my friends or doing anything in like the college culture? And I just finally started to realize that God is the only way for true healing and true joy and peace. And I just decided to stop being a lukewarm Christian and just want to grow in my faith and heal through Him. And I've truly started to find that these past uh, couple months. So I'm just here today to just publicly address my faith and just show everyone that like, I'm ready for a fresh start for my sins in the past to just be washed away and to just start living my life for Jesus and letting people see Jesus through me. So if you're someone like me and you're in high school or you're going to college or have been through college, just don't try and heal through temporary things and don't be scared to step out in your faith because I would rather stand alone with God and be judged by everybody else than stand with everybody else and be judged by God because it's truly not worth it and you'll never feel out your lowest than when you're distant from God. I guess Lainey just going to preach for us this morning, is she? Is that not a blessing? Aren't you thankful for that? I'm so thankful if you're here and you're in high school and you're co in college and you're doubting your faith, please settle that. Please settle that this morning. And I watched this young lady grow up. I love her, love her family. And uh, Lainey, before I baptize you, I'd like to ask you two questions. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Yes. Do you promise to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Lainey, because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in his death, praise the Lord and the life. I love you. Next, we have Emily Jones. She grew up here as well, and we're very thankful for her. And she comes this morning to uh, rededicate her life 
and she talked to me this week about getting a fresh start with Jesus, and I'm so thankful for her. And Emily, I'll ask you the same questions I did, Laney. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Yes. Do you promise to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Emily, because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in his death, raised to walk in newness of life. God bless you, Emily. Next, we have uh, Isaac Branton. Isaac, how old are you? Six, sir. What do y'all feed these kids? That's what I want to know. <laughs> All right. But Isaac's been coming faithfully. I appreciate Matt and Kathy Johnson, him coming with them. And he comes this morning to publicly profess his faith in Jesus Christ through believers' baptism. Isaac, is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Yes. Do you promise to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Isaac, because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in his death. Raise the walk and witness the life. God bless you, baby. Love you. Come on right over here, Dylan. This is Dylan Tedder. Dylan's a, my cousin. Love him very dearly and his family. Really appreciate uh, Robin and Frank and your brother out there. Uh, Dylan and I have been texting quite a bit, haven't we, about Jesus, about salvation, about getting your salvation settled. And I was so pleased whenever he texted me uh, one day and said, uh, my faith is solid in Jesus. And I said, amen. And he says, I want to go forward in baptism. And uh, he's doing the right thing. And I love you, brother. Love you. Very love happy you. for you. Appreciate it. Dylan, is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Yes. Do you promise to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Dylan, because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in his death, raised to walk in the name of the Lord. Thank you, all love you. Amen. Is that not a blessing? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank God. I could be wrong, but I think I think this year we baptized almost 30, 33, 34 people, so we're so thankful for that. If you're here today and you're struggling with your salvation, we love you, number one. Okay? We want you to know Jesus. All right? You can talk to me anytime. Uh, the way Dylan and I talked, we just text. Okay? Talked over social media. And I just kind of tried to guide him uh, to just making sure that you know that you know. Is there, is there anything better than knowing that you know that you have a personal relationship? Amen? But I'm so thankful for that, and you, you contact us anytime, and I'm going to pray for us. Fathers, we come to you in prayer. We want to thank you, Lord. Lord, I want to thank you for Lainey, Emily, Isaac, and Dylan. Father, I pray that you would use them for your honor and for your glory. Lord, I'm so thankful for the rededications. Lord, for those who've got their salvation settled, there's nothing greater than having peace with you. Father, your word says that these things have been written that we may know that we have eternal life. Through the Son of God. And Father, if there's anyone out there today who, who's doubting, who doesn't have that assurance, I pray that today they would get it and gain the victory. And Father, I'm so thankful I belong to a church that's still preaching the gospel and baptizing people for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people said together.
We're reminded in Psalm 136, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. That means his grace, his mercy, his loving kindness has no end. And for anybody that's here today that has not experienced that, experienced that amazing love, seen it in Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, you can know that today. But we want to welcome you here to our service. If you're visiting with us, we are so honored to have you here. Um, and we encourage you to make yourselves at home. But before you go, we would encourage you, if you would, to fill out the care card. It's in your bulletin. So we could have a record of your visit. You can also request information about our church. Or if you'd like a visit or a phone call or some kind of contact, please indicate that on there. And normally we have guest bags back there. But as we go back and forth from building to building, uh, those bags are over in the lobby of the Jennings building. So if you are visiting would like a, a guest bag, those are over there at our guest table. But right now we're going to ask everyone to stand. And because everybody's sick, just wave at each other. And welcome one another to the service as we worship together.
Thank you. Before we uh, open up the altar for prayer time, I want, to, want you to take a look inside the middle part of your bulletin. Down at the bottom, uh, we have an announcement here that East Hazel Baptist Church is currently accepting resumes for a children's director's position. The person will work approximately 20 hours per week and will oversee all the children's ministries, which is all of them, which is so many now. We think that's a, an important position that we need that will help grow our church and and uh, help in these areas. So if you're interested in that, please uh, send those resumes in by December 4th. Also, this is a time of thanks as well. I want to mention this, that last week we had a barbecue uh, to benefit Sandra and her family. We raised over $11,000. We want to thank you for that. Praise the Lord. Is that not a blessing? Um, Also, Thursday night here in the Jennings building, uh, we helped host Karen Hart's Pregnancy Center fundraiser raised over fifty thousand dollars for that. So thank you for giving to that. And then Saturday, yesterday, we had our Baptist men's uh, golf tournament, and all this money goes to missions. They're not in our budget. We raised twenty thousand dollars for that. So let's thank God for that. Thank you so much for giving. Listen, this morning I'm going to preach a message, and Laney spoke about it. Why do bad things happen to good people? Have you ever asked yourself that question? You know, maybe you're going through something like that now. Well, as a church family, we want to pray with you, okay? And as we do that, I want you to remember John Deal. John's a longtime member of East Hills of Baptist Church. He passed away this morning. So if you'll remember Kathy and Davey and their families in your prayers, we'd really appreciate that. And as a choir leads us in song, if you'll meet me here at the altar, let's, let's pray one another, for one another this morning. now would you lift up John Deal's family in prayer John would be praying for you right now good man love Jesus love this church I would ask as well if you'd pray for Anita Dunn she's battling cancer and is at Catawba Hospital and as we prayed last week we we prayed for Jimmy Chapman he's at Wilkes if you would pray for him as well at this time Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you hear us when we pray. Father, we ask that you would heal in the name of Jesus, that you would encourage in the name of Jesus. Father, if there's anyone here today that's never placed their faith in you, I pray that you would say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we can pray together, love each other, lift each other up. Uh, Lord, I don't know what I'd do without my church. Lord, I'm just, thank you so much. We're such a love, kind, generous, loving people. And, uh, Father, we pray that you be honored and glorified through the rest of this service, and we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
here just one minute. This, this live deal is a little different than the CD, so just bear with us this day. So several months ago, I guess it's a couple months ago probably, I heard this song, and Sharon and I wasn't sure exactly when, the, when she needed me to sing it, but it's worked out really good for today with the baptism and everything. So I uh, appreciate, appreciate Grant playing with me. Uh, I normally sing to a CD, but today I got a, a, a six-foot-tall, 16-year-old uh, CD, and I appreciate him. And, you know, Grant's one of these guys that, does a lot people don't realize he does a lot here at the church um and i appreciate him playing for this and uh this is a mike powell song it's called uh excuse me um it's called savior and friend and everybody has that in jesus right jamie so yeah so i hope y'all enjoy this don't listen to the way i sing it uh just listen to the words and it really comes in today especially with laney and what you said appreciate that so uh so here here it goes Oh, how sweet it is to be given a love without end. Just to know and live in your goodness. Jesus, my Savior and friend. Lost and alone, I was walking a road I had made with my sins and mistakes. You came along and you gave me a song that I'll sing for the rest of my days. Oh, how sweet it is to be given a love without end. Just to know and live in your goodness. Jesus, my Savior and friend. Stayed by my side, you have proven you're true to your word. And seasons will change, but Lord, you remain with a kindness that I don't deserve. And oh, how sweet it is to be given a love without end, just to know. Savior and friend, oh, King of all kings, walking with me, gives me my confidence, and Lord of heaven and earth, shows me my worth, Jesus, my Savior, and my friend, oh, how Just to know and live in your goodness, Jesus, my Savior and friend. Whoa, how sweet it 
Savior and friend. Oh, you are my Savior and friend. Amen. Thank you, guys. As the choir is going down, I just want to... Uh, let you know that we have a special a special guest with us this morning with a special presentation. And I'm going to ask Dan Curley. He's a pastor from Chesapeake, Virginia. I got that right, didn't I, Dan? And we've, uh, this is the first time I've met him in person, but you can come on up. But uh, his family, are, they're longtime members of East Hills of Baptist Church, and they're here on the second pew. And if you will, just explain or let us know who's here uh, and explain your purpose here, Dan. Thank you, brother. I have some assistance here and uh, for a little presentation. And again, it's so good to be with you. And I really appreciate Pastor Jamie, uh, his gracious invitation to be a part of this. Uh, in the blue here, that's my sister Janet Shelley. She flew in from Texas to be with us today. And this is my wife, Lisa. And uh, again, my name is Dan Curley. I'm a pastor in Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, and my mother is sitting on the front row, uh, second row. She is Sydney Etta Earp Curley. Uh, she's 91 years old. She grew up in this church. This is her home church. And her parents, uh, Sid and Etta Earp, uh, were part of the original charter. Remember, I believe there's thir 13 that uh, chartered uh, when they started East Taylorsville Baptist. And so uh, that's uh, who we are. Also, a shout out to Martha Jane Johnson. She's my first cousin on my father's side. So it's great to see her this morning. So why are we here? Uh, we're here because uh, my mother wanted to come back uh, at least one more time, Lord willing, and she wanted to give back to the church some things that she's had that I believe are just some important original artifacts that helps uh, tell the story of God's amazing work uh, in the life of your church. And so uh, this is kind of what this presentation is. She's put this together. And there's some really, uh, really neat things there, including the original rolls of the Sunday school that date back to 1922, 23. So you need to check it out and see how your relatives did on attending Sunday school. Uh, there's a lot of um, really interesting original pictures uh, that we want to uh, kind of gift back uh, to you. So you probably know that this church was organized uh, in 1924. You might, may not know that in 1922, a group of um, faithful believers gathered together. They began to pray for the community. Uh, they met in a two-room house, little house, um, and they came under the conviction uh, that this community needed a Sunday school. So you can imagine them praying. You can think of Acts chapter 1, the disciples praying. And so they formed a Sunday school. They actually knocked down the, uh, the chimney, which was a partition, divided the house, and they formed a Sunday school. That's in 1922. Uh, my grandfather, Sid Earp, he and his wife, uh, Etta, ran and owned and operated the general store here in, uh, in Taylorsville. And uh, they uh, elected him to be the secretary and treasurer of that Sunday school. Uh, later, he would become the clerk of the church. And so... Um, they eventually called uh, A.W. Wilcox as the first pastor. He and his wife came to Taylorsville, and they stayed with my grandparents as the pastor and his wife uh, organized the church in 1924. Uh, so that's kind of the history. 
And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, he says, I, Paul, planted, Apollos waters, but it's God who brings the increase, the growth. We are all fellow workers, Paul says. And I think that's significant for two reasons. Uh, number one, uh, really it's, this is 2022, so it's really a hundred years ago that that faithful group of believers began to pray for what is now East Taylorsville uh, Baptist Church. I think that's very significant that you guys just paid off uh, your building. Congratulations on that. And so it went from a little, little house with two rooms to uh, the facility that you have today. Also, and more significant, 100 years of faithful watering by you and those that have gone before you. That you faithfully proclaimed Jesus Christ, that you've baptized disciples, and that you've sowed the seeds of the gospel. That's amazing. 100 years. And so I want to uh, thank Jamie uh, for just the opportunity to be here. Uh, we are honored to be fellow workers with you. I invite you to uh, come up and see this after the service. Enjoy it. Ask mom. She knows all the details. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Thank you all so much. Thank you. I want to thank your family for the uh, impact you've had on this community and East Hills of Baptist Church. And after the service is over, uh, you can come by and look at that, and we'll, we'll display that here in the church. But thank you. Let's give them, thank them once again for being here. Thank you so much. If you, if you have your Bibles, turn to Job chapter 1 and stand with me. The question, we've been going through a question and answer series almost the whole year. And if you have a question you'd like for me to preach on, just go ahead and text me. Uh, why does bad things happen to good people? Now, oftentimes, if you, somebody will say that, well, people will say, well, nobody's good. Well, God himself says that Job was a good man. So we're going on God's testimony. I'm going to read the first five verses and then the last few, but we'll look at all of them here through this message. Notice the first five verses. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him, and his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people. And the sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them. All, for Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did Regularly, let's pray, pray together. Father, we want to thank you for your word. Father, we want to thank you for the good and the bad in our life. Father, we realize, and Lord, submit to your sovereignty over all aspects of our lives. And Father, we're so thankful that you're in control. And Father, if there's anyone here this morning or listening, watching on Facebook Live, or going to watch the, the message later this week on our webpage, and Father, they're going through this, I pray that you would encourage them and help them. Father, we all are going to have bad days in our lives. Some things we just don't understand. But one thing we can trust in is that you're good, that you love us, that you're there, and that your grace is sufficient. And Father, I pray that our confession will be, especially here at the end of this chapter, the same thing that Job confessed. 
his unwavering faith and trust in you. Father, we love you today and ask for your help. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said together, amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. One person made this statement. He said, why would God, who is all good, all knowing, all powerful, allow bad things to happen to good people? And then he said, but a, a greater question for him was this. Why do, uh, does an all knowing, all good and all powerful God allow good things to happen to bad people? Okay. But here today we understand that suffering awakens us to God. C.S. Lewis put it this way when talking about pain and suffering. And C.S. Lewis was an atheist who became a Christian. And then he was a strong, uh, uh, he would write strong apologetics about his faith. And then his wife got cancer and died. And then he struggled with his faith. He really did. But he said this, he said, but pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Paul tells the church at Rome, God is predetermined to conform you into the image of Christ. That is God's goal for you. Sometimes you can get it just through hearing sermons and preaching, right? Sometimes it's through your quiet time. But for 99% of us, it's going to be through our pain. Good times and bad times happen to us all. But if you're a strong Christian, God can change you and make you into someone like Jesus. Notice first with me, if you will, Job's character. Notice verse 1, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. That man, notice how God describes him. Notice what, how God describes his righteousness. He was blameless. What that basically means, Job, it doesn't mean Job was perfect. Job even mentions later on in these chapters, in verse 13, he talks about the sins of his youth. In chapter 14, he talks about his great sin. But the word blameless just means this, he was authentic, he was real. Don't you like real people? Just real people. He wasn't fake, he wasn't a hypocrite, he was just real. Job was real. The Bible says a righteous man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. That walk means it was a way of life. This was Job's way of life. It also says he was upright. And what that meant was is that Job dealt uprightly with people. In a day when people would double-cross you and cheat you and gossip and backbite about you, that was not Job. The Bible also says that Job feared God. He had great respect for who the Lord was. And then he shunned evil. He turned away from evil. But notice also, it says in verse 3, And his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that he, this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. Job was blessed by God. And we also know that Job used his fortune for good. Later on in Job, it says that he used his money to rescue the needy. He used his money and cared personally for the handicapped and the dying. He also brought orphans into his home, according to Job's own testimony. And then the Bible also says that Job even took on power barons of his day. He would take them to court and argue the case for the underprivileged. So Job was a good man. He was also a godly father. Notice what the Bible says about him in verse 5. It says, Job would send and sanctify them. He would rise up early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. And Job said, maybe, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Now, notice the word cursed God. That's a very bad term. Job said, maybe. Well, Job understood, if you fear God, you understand. If you curse God, God will bring the judgment. judgment. You reap what you sow. And Job said, I'm just going to offer a burnt offering for them. Maybe they've sinned in their hearts. Maybe. What a picture of a godly dad. Okay? And I'll tell you this much, parents, if you'll look at me. 
those of us that are, I'm 52. About all you can do is talk to and pray for your kids, right? About all you can do. And all of God's people said, don't believe me, have kids. <laughs> There's a limit to what you can do. And what, you know what old Job's doing? He's doing the best he can. Isn't that good? He's just doing the best he can. He said, God, perhaps, it doesn't say these kids were doing anything wrong. They were, they were celebrating. Aren't you thankful we can enjoy our lives? They were feasting together as a family. And Job said, maybe in that feasting, maybe, maybe they cursed God. Maybe they sinned against God. And he said, I am going to take care of that with prayers and burnt offerings. One person put it this way, a commentator. He said, what a beautiful example is furnished by Job. To Christian parents, when your girls are going among strangers and your boys into the great ways of the world and you're unable to impose your will upon them, when that day will come, as in the days of childhood, you can yet pray for them, casting over them the shield of intercession with strong cryings and tears. They are beyond your reach, but by faith you can move the arm of God on their behalf. I think Job would be a person you'd want to be friends with. I honestly think Job would be a person you'd want to do business with. I think Job would be a person that you'd want to be a part of your church and your Sunday school class. I think Job is a person, men, look at me, that you'd want to emulate in your life. Just a good, honest, hardworking man who loved Jesus. I mean, that's what's made this church what it is today. Good, honest, God-fearing men and women who love Jesus just doing the best they could. Honest in their business dealings. Honest in their relationship with other people. Just real and on face value. That's Job's character. Notice now Job's consideration. The next part is happening. If you'll show the verse on the screen, Michael. The Bible says Job does not even know this is going on. The stage leaves from earth to heaven. The Bible says the sons of men or the sons of God come before uh, the Lord. Verse 6, it says, now there was a day. Now that means a historical day. This happened. That's what the writer of, of Job is trying to get us to understand. This actually happened. This was a day, a historical event, when the sons of God, we were talking about angels, came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Have you ever had a get-together and that one person didn't want to be there showed up? It can ruin everything, can it? You remember that time when you had the family reunion and your crazy uncle showed up? It hadn't happened to me, but it sounds like it's happened to some of you guys. But anyway, Satan shows up and the Lord said to Satan, the Lord said, and he knows this, where'd you come from? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Last week we looked at this thought, who is the devil? And Peter tells us he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Remember I said this, there's a line out there when you leave. He's seeking whom he may devour. Do not allow him access into your lives. And here Satan says, I've just been going back and forth on the earth. And then the Lord said, now notice this, God brings this up. Have you considered my servant Job? Have you thought about him? Have you thought about Job? Who's behind Job's suffering? God allowed Satan to be used, but it was ultimately, ultimately God, now notice, he says, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on the earth. Now, this is an added to Job's character. God said, there's nobody like Job. And then God says this, he's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Now, notice verse 9. Notice how Satan works. Then Satan answers and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan's the accuser. You know what Satan's saying? He's saying this. He's saying, you're bribing Job to worship you by giving him his stuff. He's the richest man in the east. No wonder he worships you. You give him ten kids. Probably not one miscarried. Not one child died from a disease like everybody else on the planet. It's a Satan. Does he fear you for nothing? 
You think Job's worshiping you because he loves you? You've blessed him. You've blessed Job beyond measure. Who wouldn't? That's Satan. He's the adversary. And then he goes, did you not put a hedge around Job in 1 10? You've bribed him with prosperity. See, this is the Old Testament health and wealth theology. Hey, if I give my life to Jesus, all my diseases are going to be gone. I'm going to make money. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that. That's what, that's what Satan was telling God. Then in verse 11 he says, But you stretch out your hand, and you strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And you know what Satan's saying? Now listen to me. Every man has a price. That's what Satan's saying. Satan would say to you, you got a price. You got a price. You're going to serve Jesus? Oh, that's okay. You got a price. See, your price might be cancer. Your price might be divorce. Your price might be you get fired Monday. It could happen to any of us. What is your price? Do you have one? Satan's telling God, that man has a price. You've blessed him and blessed him. He has a price. Satan asked a question. It's a good question I've got to ask myself. Listen, you serve God in the sunshine, will you serve him in the shadows? You believed him in the light of day, will you believe him at midnight? You sing praises to him when all is going well, will you sing through your tears? You come to church and declare, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Is he still your shepherd in the valley of the shadow of death? Do you have a price? Only you can answer that question. Oh, I've seen so many in Alexander County. I, I grew up here. Been pastor here for 20 years this year. Okay, some people in Alexander County got a price. Listen to this. He was good enough for you when you had money in the bank. Is he good enough for you when you have no money at all? He was good enough for you when you had your health. Is he good enough for you when the doctor says you have six months to live? He was good enough to you on your wedding day when you made vows in front of your family and friends. Is he good enough for you when the person walks out? He was good enough to you when your family was all together. Is he good enough to you when you stand over an open grave? I've seen so many people shout and praise God till tragedy strikes and then they leave. Satan says this, he's got a price. God says touch all that he has but do not touch Job. And that leaves us to Job's calamity. The scene shifts from heaven back to earth. And notice what happens in this verse. It's the worst day ever. If you ever had a bad day, not this bad. Notice what happens. Now there was a day. This is probably what some, some of the scholars that I read after said it was probably within six hours. Six hours. Now the book of Revelation tells us that Satan knows his time's short, so he's going to do all he can. God says go, and Satan does this. He goes. He doesn't procrastinate. There was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and a messenger came to Job and said, stop right there. What usually happened on this day? Job would burnt offerings for his kids. Isn't it ironic how bad things happen during good times? I preach more funerals during Thanksgiving and Christmas season and New Year's than any other time of the year. I had a cousin about three or four years ago, Christmas Day. Good guy. You'd like him. Good guy. At his funeral, I preached he was kind. And I said, we should be kind. Amen? More people have been brought to the church through kindness and all the theological arguments we could give, right? He was good. He was kind. Sitting at a stop sign on Christmas Day and a car hits him and he dies. Younger than I am. 
Listen, they're having a good time. It doesn't say they were doing anything wrong. Enjoying life. And Satan said, I'll just get them on the day their daddy burns sacrifices for them. That's how Satan works. He shows no mercy. He shows no mercy. Do not give Satan a foothold. It says this, and a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them when the savings raided and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone escaped to tell you. Then he goes on in verse 15 to say this. Verse 16. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up his sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away. Yes, killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, a fourth messenger comes and he says this. This is the worst of all. Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Tragic. The worst day, one of the worst days, one of the worst days ever recorded in the Bible. To one of the, God said he's the greatest man there. Now think about this for a minute. This attack was focused solely on Job and everybody else is in the crosshairs. Everybody else. It's spiritual warfare. Now let me ask you a question. This is the worst day in Job's life. It's one of the worst days ever recorded in history. This is a history book. I believe every bit of this happened. Don't have, I don't even have any doubts about it in my, in my mind. I've studied everything you've studied. I, I don't doubt it. Okay? This actually happened. Now, let me ask you a question. Does Job have a prize here in this first chapter? Let's find out. Notice Job's confession. A confession means I'm going to speak to you publicly what I believe. Now, this is fresh after the messengers came. Notice what Job says. Then Job arose, he tore his robe. And shaved his head. First thing Job does. One man put it this way. A man's first reaction is often very telling and reveals what really dominates his heart. Job, you know why God tells us how Job mourns? Because the pagans would mourn differently. They would mourn differently. If you study Leviticus and other parts, the, those that didn't know the God of Israel mourned differently. It was awful. Cut themselves. They'd tattoo the dead people all over them. Okay. Or, or, or the God of the dead, they would do that. And then, they fell, then he fell to the ground, and the Bible says this, he worshipped. So he mourned here, and then he worshipped. In the midst of mourning, Job also decided to worship God despite his circumstances and his feelings. You know what amazes me about his tells about the church? How many families in this congregation who have tragedy happen, and it's, I just can't name I just don't have time to name all of them. And then the next Sunday, by God's grace, they're sitting right here worshiping and praising the Lord. I could look at some of y'all right now, all over this church. How many funerals have been to? How many hospital visits have been to? And then they're here. Think about the widows in this church. Just come on back, serve, worship God, love Jesus. Give her their time. This amazes me. It encourages my heart. See, I can read a book on it. I don't need to read a book on it. Because I see you out here. Men who lost their wives. Tragic. No, it wasn't like a terminal illness. Just tragic in the day it happened. 
and then you still hear worshiping and praising God. You encourage my heart. You really do. That's why being in church in person is such a blessing. Because I can see you. What a blessing it is. I'm honored to be amongst you. I call y'all the greats. All right? I'm just honored to be amongst you. Job did this. And then, then notice Job's confession. This is what Job said at this point in his life. Now, he had some issues on through. But look, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. You know what he's saying? I didn't have anything when I was born. I don't got anything now. What a strong, positive comment. You know what he's saying? Everything I have, even though I worked hard, came from the Lord. If he wants to take it, he can take it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. He's a lot better man than I am. He's a lot better man than your pastor is. What a tremendous statement. And then he says this, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. And then he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. What a strong confession. What's your confession today? What is your confession today? Is that your confession? God, regardless of what happens, whether days are good or bad, I'm still placing my faith in you. I'm still placing my faith in you. You know the thing since the COVID issue started, shutting down churches, opening them back up and all that. You know the thing that's amazing? Not that people kind of leave church to a point, but that people leave Jesus. John says this, some people go from us because they're not of us. I'm not talking about church, going from one church to the other, just not being in church. But I'm talking about leaving Jesus. Now see, Job here is not trying to impress you. He's just being honest. He's saying, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What a man. What a confession. What a confession. And I believe God allowed Job to go through this because thousands to millions of people are going to have something like this similar. Maybe not as bad, but it's bad to them, right? What is your confession today? Do you have a price? Do you have a price today? In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. And Job understood in his theology that God is ultimately sovereign because he never blames Satan either. He always goes back to God. Okay? And in the end, his love for God grew stronger. So what can we conclude from this? And then I'll give an invitation. I'm going to ask our musicians to go ahead and come. The first one is this, is that God loves you. Now think about this. Job lost everything. He's devastated and grief-stricken beyond words. But beside all this, nothing can separate him from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. A second thing is this. Christians, we need to have an eternal perspective. You hear me? Listen to what Paul says. We do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is not seen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is not seen is eternal. What he's saying is fix your eyes on eternity. And then remember this, all things work together for good to those who are called by God according to his purpose. And then I would say this to you as well, bad things in our lives equip us for deeper ministry. The bad things in your life will equip you 
the deeper ministry. You've been through things that your pastor hasn't, and I'm not the person to talk to somebody. Maybe it's you, right? Paul put it this way, Praise be to God, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, also our comfort abounds through Christ. And what Paul is saying is this, because I've been through what I've been through and received God's comfort, I can comfort you as well. Only you've been through what you've been through. And God can use your pain to be your ministry. For some of you, that may be your purpose in life. You know, my dad died in prison. I don't know how many prisons I've spoken in. You have a little common denominator, don't we, Scotty, when you go into prison? See, you, can't, you probably can't do that. But you've been places I had, and it's been your prison, and God's brought you out of it. Make a commitment today and say, God, use me, use my life to help other people. And then always remember this, church, the worst day that ever happened turned into the most glorious day, and that's the day that Jesus Christ hung on a cross, and he died for my sin and your sin. He bore God's wrath on the cross. And he rose from the dead the third day. Listen, let me ask you a question. Do you have a price? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Are you going through a bad season in your life and you need strength? This altar is open for you this morning. We're going to have people joining this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand with me for just a moment. I'm going to have a word of prayer. Those that are joining, I'm going to ask you to just to come on down after I pray. And if you're here today and you need to pray at this altar, this altar is open for you. Father, as we come to you in prayer, we want to thank you, Lord, for your help. Thank you for salvation. Father, thank you for all the good days. Job was reminded of all the good that he had when he lost it. Help us not to take things for granted. Help us not to take times with our family for granted. Help us not to take Thanksgiving with mom and dad for granted. Help us not to take Thanksgiving with our children for granted. Help us to show a little more grace, be a little more kind, because it could all be gone tomorrow. But Father, we're so thankful there's one constant in our lives, and it will be throughout eternity, and that your love, we can never be separated from your love through life and through death. Father, if there's anyone here today that has never placed their faith and trust in you, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. Father, there may be people here today that's doubting, like those we baptized. Father, what a tremendous testimony they had. I pray that they would get their salvation settled, even this morning, in this service. And then, Father, there are so many people in this church today that need your touch, and they need your strength, and I pray that you would abundantly pour it out on all those. And, Father, we thank, those, thank you for those that are about to join this morning. Father, this is your time, and these are your people, and this is your invitation time, and I pray that you be honored and glorified through it all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This altar's open. Would you sing with us as Sharon leads us in the song?
right, if I can have your attention, please. I'm going to ask the High family to come over here and stand with me. And Kevin, I'm going to have to have you to give me a brick here. Okay, so we have Bradley and Julia High, Brendan and Bryson High, and they come this morning to uh, join East Hillsville Baptist Church. Do we have a motion they, they be members of East Hillsville Baptist Church? Do I have a second? All in favor, raise your hand and say amen. Well, God bless y'all. I want to welcome you to East Hillsville Baptist Church. Appreciate y'all's faithfulness. And I think Julia wasn't even here a week, and she was already in the choir. So appreciate that. Appreciate y'all. and appreciate your faithfulness here. And we got a brick for you. I hope we got enough brick for everybody this morning. There you go. All right, and then I'm going to ask uh, Lisa Murphy to come forward. She's been here. She's been through Class 101. Appreciate her faithfulness here. And she comes this morning to join East Hills of Baptist Church. Do we have a motion to accept her? Do we have a second? All in favor, say amen. Amen. God bless you, Lisa. We're happy to have you this morning as well. Got another brick. I'm going to ask the Pennells to come up here. And we have Sean Pennell, Andrea Pennell, Ori and Reed Pennell, and they come this morning. They've been coming for a long time. I really appreciate that as well. Honored to have you guys as members of East Hills Baptist Church. Do we have a motion to accept them as members? Do we have a second? All in favor, raise your hand and say amen. All right. Now we have Tony Elliott. He's coming this morning. He's been coming for quite some time as well, been saved and baptized. And he comes this morning to join East Hillsville Baptist Church. Do we have a motion to accept him? Do we have a second? All in favor, raise your hand and say amen. All righty. Okay, next we have Cynthia Cardona. She'll come up here. And she'd request your prayers, okay? She's rededicating her life as well. And uh, she wants to join East Hills of Baptist Church. Do we have a motion to accept her? Do we have a second? All in favor, raise your hand and say amen. And if we got a brick, are we out of brick? I'm not sure if we're out of brick or not. <laughs> we got another brick. All right. All right, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hey, and listen, I just want to say this, I just want to say this, uh, to those that were baptized, if you will, uh, shake their hand as well as they leave, and I hope you'll come by and shake uh, these folks' hands uh, who have joined this morning. I also want to mention at 5 o'clock tonight, 1,100 shoeboxes. Is that not a blessing? So thankful for that. God bless you, you're dismissed, and hope to see you back here tonight at 5 p.m.